it's Joan coming to you today with the very first episode of Ladies in the Lead. And you can't believe how excited I am to get to share this with you. And so many of you have supported me and um, really encouraged me to do this. And so it is with great honor and great pleasure that I want to just take a minute before we get jumping into the podcast to explain a little bit about what my thoughts and ideas were when I came up with the idea. And it's been brewing in my head for like three years, passionately brewing in my head. And you, most of you know me, but if you don't, you know that I have been a passionate livestock shower, mother, family member, uh, clipper, fitter, coach, all those things for cattle and sheep. And I've been doing those things since I was probably, obviously I was probably eight because my sister showed one year. And I like... Like many of you, I find that it is something that I just can't get enough of. I love the daily work. I love the cattle. I love the people that are involved. And I love the showing and I love the pushing yourself to the next level. And so when it came time for me to introduce my children to the uh, stock show world, um, I really took a step forward in what I think traditionally was a man's role. And my husband, he didn't want to participate in 4-H. He didn't want to participate in showing cattle. He didn't do that. He didn't know anything about it. So it really was left up to me. I was blessed that my brothers wanted to show too and our families grew up together so we did it together. But when it came time to picking out the steers or going and figuring out how am I going to get this thing clipped or who's going to drive the truck and trailer, it really was left to me. And I did that for 20 years and enjoyed every minute of it. Was it always easy? No. Was it always done right? Probably not. But we did it together and we learned about it. And I took it for granted, you guys. I just took it for granted that that's what people did. I did encounter some times, though, that people looked at me and treated me maybe a little bit differently. And just because I was a female, I felt like like they would ask, who's going to fit your steer? And I'd be like, me. <laughs> and then I would think to myself, oh, well, that's odd. They kind of chuckled. Or they looked at me odd, you know, when I thought about that. And But I just kept going on. And, and we had some so many great memories and so many great successes about it that the good stuff totally outweighed, totally outweighed any negative things. So as James, my youngest, aged out, I was feeling a real sadness from now what? Like, how do I keep participating in the industry? How do I stay a part of something that is so passionate for me and for my heart? And for three years, I really was contemplating that. I was talking to so many of you about just honoring what women are doing in the industry and trying to figure out a way. How do we coach them? How do we make them better? How do we get the women to step forward and really own what they're doing? And whether that's producing really outstanding livestock or whether that's being in the ring and judging them or whether that's you know being a show person in the ring or fitting or clipping or you know doing whatever it was maybe you're a photographer maybe you're a boutique person but I just kept thinking we've got to find a way to keep this rolling keeping this momentum going well last January I was at home and I'd had an idea about having a sale a production sale and the production sale I thought wouldn't it be great if we had women consigners bring in their livestock and 
a woman auctioneer and just run the sale. And then later on in the season, you could have a fraternity show and bring them all back and just do them. And I was talking to my best friend, Katie, and she said, well, what would you even call something like that? And it just hit me. I said, hmm, ladies, ladies in the lead. And it just opened floodgates for me. It was like you had this idea and it exploded. It and, and it was just an amazing feeling of finally being able to define what it was that I was looking for. I was looking for a title. And so what it came about was this title of Ladies in the Lead. And it's a platform. It's a platform for me to create different aspects of what we love about the stock show industry, but doing it in a way that lifts women up, that lifts and educates everybody in the industry, but really just showcases women of all ages, girls, women, people who have retired out, people who are just getting started, but really just showcases what they're doing and how they're doing it and why they do it at such a great level. So I decided I'm going to do a podcast. Now, if you don't know anything about me, one of the things I do on my full-time job is I do host a live radio show. And I get a lot of feedback about you're such a good connection. You really make connection with the people. And I thought to myself, okay, what a better way than to really showcase people than to talk to them and tell their stories. So that's what this part of of Ladies in the Lead is. It's a podcast telling the stories of why these women are really leaders in the industry. This podcast is going to focus on sheep, goats, hogs, and cattle. And it's going to be done in seasons. So I hope you all hang in there with me as I create the content. And hopefully you'll feel the season as it showcases different aspects of how I see and see success in the industry. The first season is called Home. Now, I live in Mechanicsville, Iowa. I actually live five miles north of there in Jones County. But we always showed and we participated in Cedar County 4-H. Our school was there, our church, Mechanicsville's in Cedar County, so we always went that way. That particular um, county is the fairs in Tipton, Iowa, but during the last, I would say, mm, 15 years, we've had a really big, I would say, high-level competitiveness across all the species in the county. Uh, We've had a state fair champion pig come out of there, we've had an exarban champion heifer, grand champion heifer come out of there. We've done things on a national level. We have multiple families doing multiple things through all over the nation, raising livestock and showing them, but really rising up and making a difference. But one of the things that I've loved about Cedar County, it's been an inclusive county. So we all have really bonded together. So when we travel together, there's usually 45, 50 head that goes to stay fair, or there's that many at maybe Beef Expo or something like that. And we're all together, and it's a fun way to really just represent Eastern Iowa. And we really challenge each other. We really, I think, lift each other up. So season one, as I started interviewing people, I was like, I called it home. And it's called home because everybody that you're going to hear in this season is from the Cedar County area. But I'm telling you, you guys, these women, they've been kicking it a long time with excellence and kicking it on a national stage level that other people all over this country are noticing. And we are blessed to have them right here in our county, right here within our, you know, just daily commute. We can go and see these people. So I hope you enjoy this first season of Ladies in the Lead. It's called Home. You're going to hear from 
Erica Chapman, and you're going to hear from Janelle Clemish, and you're going to hear from hopefully women that you can relate with, women that are maybe just up and coming, some women that are retired out and have really now turned into what do I do next? And then also people that are looking back and saying, wow, I had a great career. It's all there. I hope you enjoy the interviews. I hope you enjoy getting to know these women just a little bit more. I hope you really hang in there with me and it helped me explore this whole platform because there's more to come. There's going to be a website. There's going to be a retreat. There's going to be that sale. I promise you that. There's going to be coaching. There's going to be an opportunity for so many people to take advantage and really learn from each other. I am honored to be a part of that and be your leader and to be an inspiration, but mostly just to be a person who can tell and listen to the stories and find these amazing people to share it with you. You guys, I cannot be more excited about this. I hope you are too. Let's get started with our first season of Ladies in the Lead. I hope you all enjoy it. We'll see you out there on the road sometime soon. Take care. Welcome to Ladies in the Lead. My name is Joan Garner and I'm your host and I am super excited to kick off the very first episode. Yay! Oh my gosh, this has been like in the works. And today I'm talking to Erica Chapman. And if you don't know Erica Chapman, you're going to know a lot about her by the time this is over. First of all, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm like so excited. <laughs> I'm very okay. excited to see where this takes you. This thank you. platform. It's a cool platform. So those of you who are new to the platform, and I did an introductory introduction to the platform, so they can listen to that. But basically, for three years, I have been spewing this over in my head about how we can just, just really honor women, girls, in this thing we call stock show, and in this world of stock show that we do. And I've been mentored. I have my own kids. I've volunteered as you have done all those things too. You volunteered and mentored and do all those things. But I'm a little older than you. So um, anyways, uh, and I was like, okay. And it came to me one night, and I explained this all to you, but I, just in case for those who haven't listened, it came to me one night. I was thinking about having a fraternity sale, a production sale with all women in it. Like women consigners, women auctioneer, women ring help. You ever been to one that had a woman auctioneer? I don't, I don't think that I've ever seen one. You know, me neither. I was thinking about that when I was trying to come up with a woman auctioneer, and I was like, so my best friend Katie, who you'll hear a lot about in this podcast, she was um, saying, what would you call it? And I was like, oh boy. I said, ladies in the lead. And that just opened this floodgates for me to talk about the women who do so much in this industry. And so today we're going to talk to you because I think you're just the epitome of what that means. Um, but first, though, for our listeners, tell me a little bit about you. Like, how'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? What are you doing now? Those kind of things. Just give me the basics. Okay. So, again, I'm Erica Chapman. Um, I grew up here over in eastern Iowa, just south of Tipton. Um, I was actually introduced to the livestock industry um, through the pig world. My older brother and I were very fortunate um, to find a ton of success and hang a couple banners in the pig show ring. When did you start showing pigs? Like how? Old I think right? I had my first pig in the summer of 2005, which would have made me four years old. 
I'm not going to say what year I was born. <laughs> you were born. Um, okay, you were born in 01, right? So you 2000. 2000. Okay. Late 2000. So you're 22. 21. Well, I'll be 22 this year. Yes. yes. 22 this year. Okay, so you're four years old. You get your first pig. Yes. I had no idea what was going on. My lack of awareness was through the roof, but whatever. But it was cute, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> um, it would have been the fall of 2011. My dad would have bought a show heifer. Well, we sold a show heifer. Family kind of backed out a little bit. We bought her back. Um, and that would have been my first show heifer. And how um, old were you there? Eleven. would have been 11. So you didn't have a heifer until you were in fifth grade? Correct. We'd always grown up having cattle. Yeah. Um, just never really dove into the show cattle deal because pigs we were doing was kind pigs. of our hot thing. Yeah. It didn't take me a year to realize that my heart and my passion was in the cattle barn. Just the people and what it what it was all about was so different than the cattle or the pig deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so ever since then, I would say cattle have probably been my number one priority. And then when my motivation, I would say my brother, my older brother Mitch, was my motivation in the pig deal. When he aged out, I kind of I kind of aged out of the pigs as well mm-hmm. and switched um, completely to cattle. Um, and I I don't want to speak for kale, but I feel like. I kind of am a little bit of that motivation for him because I've seen him grow up in the cattle deal. Mm-hmm. So my family kind of, that's our livelihood. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, what, what breed of cattle do you guys specialize in? We run about 80 head of cows, primarily purebred Angus, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of commercial, and then a handful of semis. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are big into the Angus deal. We, us, us kids and both my parents have become extremely involved with the Iowa Angus Association and then the American Angus Association. Um, Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit partial to my black cows. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> I know. I'm a, yeah. We, you know, my son showed Angus yes. steers for years, and that was always our passion too, Angus steers or semi steers. So I'm right there with you. Part of being in an association is what really, I think, for us, solidified that family. Like it's bigger than just your yes. family. It the be- people become. Be- it becomes like yeah, the yeah. state organizations become family. Mm-hmm. Or for some people, it's your 4-H club, your FFA club or uh, chapter. But for us, it was kind of like you said, it was that Eastern Iowa thing. You know, we are in Cedar County. We watched my kids and you uh, showed against each other growing up. What are you doing now? Um, I'm a junior at Iowa State. Um, I'm hoping to graduate in about a year and a half. Um, with a degree in agricultural communications. Um, I'm kind of looking into ag and commercial lending or ag and commercial appraisal. Appraisal has kind of become a recent interest of mine. So, so is that land or is that machinery? or More land. Like animal-based? Okay, more land. More land um, with little to no buildings, any kind of infrastructure. Um, not really residential. Um, but we'll see. Do you have to have, like certain classes for that or like training? so actually i just become interested through an elective class that i'm taking oh, those darn electives right? they get you every time um, like oh i like religion now right? oh, i like ballroom dancing right? now you know what i mean um so i'm actually in communication right now with the people's company to try and see if they have an internship um just to dig a little bit more into the appraisal because i again all i really know is your class mm-hmm. um and i've done a i've done an internship um with a bank and their egg lender, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. So you got a year and a half left, and then yes. moving then on the from that. World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that real world. Yeah. We love that real world. Oh, gosh. So fun. Well, you know the platform. I titled it Ladies in the Lead, and then I subtitled it She Stock Shows. 
So if somebody came up to you and said, Erica, you really stock show. What would that mean to you? Like, what would that, if you had to say back what that meant, what does that mean to you? Um, I think stock show has kind of become very broad. Mm-hmm. I think stock show, people think of the girl in the show ring or the girl they see at the show. But I would say it goes back more to the production side and more of the work at home. Mm-hmm. I love being in the show ring and I love going to shows, but you can't do that without the work at home. All mm-hmm. of the work. The show cattle work, the breeding cows, the running mm-hmm. cows, the turning out bulls, all of that is show stock to me. Is stock show to you? Or stock show Yeah, to me, either yes. way. The way you say it. But yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of people see it as in the show ring and at the shows, but I wish it was more both sides. Mm-hmm. More production and the show side. So you guys mentioned you had 80 cows in your herd. Mm-hmm. Do you own some of those personally or are they with your family? Like, are you is your family herd or do you have like... This is like this is a first subject. If you ask my dad, everything that's papered in my name, I own. But financially, I own like one and a third of one cows hey. and then their offspring. <laughs> um, <laughs> one and a third's better than right? one and a half. <laughs> so yeah. then their offspring, obviously. Yeah. Um, but as I get out of college and mm-hmm. I'm not so broke, I plan to gain a little bit more. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have plans to like come back to the herd here, or do you want to like settle someplace and then take your herd and expand it someplace like where you end up being? Um. So a handful of people know my dad kind of ran into a bump in the road this winter. Yeah. So that put a huge kind of Change. brainstorming in yeah. my head. I would like to stay close to Eastern Iowa and close to home, because as well as he's recovering immaculately. Um, I don't know that he'll ever get back to 100%, which makes me want to stay as involved with our family operation Mm -hmm. at home as much as I can. Um, But having my own family, maybe doing a little bit on our own while still staying involved with my family's Mm -hmm. operation is a huge, huge goal of Mm -hmm. mine. That's good. I have a few cows myself, and it's really rewarding to take a show heifer and keep her, but it's also really rewarding, like you said, to have the production aspects and to do something with that. And so it's fun. I, I call them my therapy cows. Like, I just go paddle and play with them, and I know you do, too. I have a bread heifer in my barn right now. I won't turn out because I just like to comb her. And I'm like, oh, people have therapy dogs. I have a therapy cow. So yes. it is good. I'm glad you have that intention, and you guys have had that family conversation because yes. dynamics change quickly, and things can change for you. Yeah, and, like and that, I, I've, I have never done it without my family, and I don't really want to, probably. I don't think that I ever could. Yeah. Your mom's a big part of your keeping the farm going right labor my mom is huge yes <laughs> labor intense smartness volunteers a lot yes you know? my mom is huge because we talk a lot about um you know when this is what this platform's about is about showcasing what the women are doing on the farm i know it's probably the chapman angus farm or is you know the last name is chapman but your mom lynn has always been involved in the industry and been a huge part i, I remember watching her show and your uncle's show um, growing up. Talk a little bit about the influence that she has on how you participated in this. Uh, my mom is probably the most underrated, I don't want to say underappreciated, but definitely underappreciated mm-hmm. person at our house, especially with my dad down these last couple months. But my mom does not think twice about washing heifers for us, kicking out bulls for us, you know, walking pigs when we still had pigs. Um, when I'm in Ames and um, Mitch and his wife live in town, so they've helped a lot while my dad's down, but 
when Maddie's got softball things going on and Mitch has to work later, push no, my mom doesn't think twice or have mm-hmm. anything negative to say about having to go out and do chores in the negative 10 degree weather. She has nothing to say about having to pull a calf or deal with a mean cow. She does it and she mm-hmm. doesn't, again, she doesn't think twice about it. She doesn't throw any shade at it. And I think that's been a huge reason why how I've grown up. Yeah. I don't have I to mean, think twice about it. Yeah. If people see you, I mean, I, I think they see a quiet confidence in you that you yourself have because you've done it you've had the experience but those experiences were given to you a lot of times because your mom was really probably emulating what you you know she's like erica let's go you know it had no fear of going into the barn because she was there too and i mean the whole family's been there i know that yes yeah cool what do you think or who do you think man or woman is your biggest mentor who's been the most influential in your let's say first of all in the show ring because that's a big part for, I mean, that's been a big part of your identity. Who um, helped you the most? Helped me the most, I think without question, would be Jaden Compton. I'm pretty sure I went to every single jackpot show with her for a three-year period. I and think you did, too. Because <laughs> I think I was at that jackpot show. You were there, watched too. watched her. I showed for her when she had more than one in the final drive. I don't think she realizes how much I watched her. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, even working here at home, like, that... She is hands down the person I look up to the most. But, like, again, growing up showing Angus, I watched Taylor Duckett show mm-hmm. every single show, Mary-Kate Martison, the young girls. I watched them all. It's just mm-hmm. you find someone that you like watching, and mm-hmm. you watch them every time. And those are yeah, without question. And, you, and I'm going to just brag on you a little bit. I mean, last year at Nationals, Angus Nationals, you really excelled. I mean, you were our state representative for showmanship. I'm mean, a co-representative. There's yes. two of you. Not only did you go out there, make it through your class, make it to the semifinals, you kicked it all the way to the finals. I mean, that is amazing, first of all, because yes. the competition at that level, we all know, is elite. It's one little thing sometimes. It's just that little nuance. It's that little thing. What do you think the edge was that day when you were out there? getting out of semifinals to the finals um getting to the semifinals I think it was having the Mm self-confidence you go out there and you're nervous and the judges can tell that you're nervous having the self-confidence but then I'd also talked to Cassidy Bremer who had done it the year before me and she said you have to do something to stick out to those judges because everyone in that ring is going to be good right and Mm so whether it was tailing the calf or loining the calf right before the judge walked by every single time you had to do something that sticked out to that judge yeah. And so, just I don't even remember what I did, but <laughs> having the confidence in myself that... <laughs> I don't even know what I did. I made but it here, like, so... But, well, first of all, you asked for advice from somebody yes. who made it yes. before, right? I mean, there's a good there's a good tip right there. Yeah, you know, never and, be afraid to ask. Yeah. We were talking about this um, at the Beef Expo, and you just mentioned it, too. When you're in showmanship, trying to catch that little extra edge, and you said, you know, either loin in the calf or ch- touching the tail or something like that. And I noticed this year, I don't know why I noticed it this year, there's a lot of tail touching with the stick. Is that just a tip that people are doing to catch the eye? Are some people overkilling it? Or Yes. If you ask over- my dad, I overkill it. I, if <laughs> I'm looking at a picture or if I'm looking at a calf and there's, like, space in between the tail the rear end and their tail you're like it's, touching it yeah sometimes distracting so i always like to make sure that the tail's down but not so their switch isn't completely tucked under yeah 
yes, I think some people do it too much or they do it and they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if the judge is looking from the rear view, it doesn't really matter anyway, but it's just a personal thing for me. <laughs> My well, little mother doesn't I, care if the tail's in the air. I'm just I, like, <laughs> put it out there. Because I'm like, I just noticed it this year. And I was like, why is everybody touching these tails all the time? You know, we were kind of, it, it's so funny how showmanship changes, right? We grew up, once you got them set, quit messing with them. Just let them set. You know, keep the head, whatever. Keep them yes. together. But so much now of tail touching and loin touching and tail touching. And loin, I'm like, oh. It's like, yes. I was like, okay. Obviously things are changing. And that's good to know from you i mean to hear it from you because obviously you made the finals so you actually (laughs) know what you're doing so that's good um we talked about your mentor we talked about a couple of tips you've had at national tell me what you think just gives you an edge when you're in the ring like when you go in that ring you know sometimes you don't always have the best calf right how do you crank it up and get to the next level how do you make an edge for yourself i show that calf like it is the best one in there yep and that that I need to win and I know that I'm not always going to but mm-hmm. if you show it like it's the best one out there you're presenting it to the best of its ability that's all you can do that's all you can do that's right such a great attitude you have to go in that ring like you are the best one in the ring I you love can't it. expect it but you have to yeah. do everything you can tell us about your favorite show animal I'm gonna let you pick pig or cat mm-hmm First one, last one, cutest one. Tell me about your favorite. Do you have a favorite? Yes, I do. <laughs> we all do. Um, it would be my first ever show bull. Um, he was bred and owned. Um, okay, what year? How old? It would have been twenty summer of 2020, but I would have started showing him in the fall of 2019. Mm-hmm. Took him to State Fair. I had two bred and owned bulls that year. Would have been at a past show heifers. We took both of them to State Fair, took both of them to World Beef Expo. We sold one of the, we're supposed to sell one of them at the Iowa Beef Expo. They got hurt. Um, my dad and Doug were going to send the other one and I told them absolutely not. So we ended up <laughs> selling the one that we were supposed to sell at Beef Expo privately. And we kept the other one for me to show. Um, I won almost every state Angus show in the state of Iowa that summer. And then I went on to be a reserve grand bull, bred no bull at Junior Nationals down in Tulsa. That um, is just awesome. That's incredible because I remember the day he was born, I ran out to the barn because he was a full save to a bull that Schroeders had had that mm-hmm. had done really good for them and sold for a lot of money. Um, so I broke him. I did everything with him. It was my first show bull. My dad wanted to sell him, and I picked not to, so I picked to keep the right one. Um so after Junior Nationals, he went and was collected at Nichols for a while. We brought him back home, took him to World Beef Expo, didn't do exactly how we wanted to, but came back and set another goal. Um, against my will, we took him to Oklahoma City um, and consigned him in the National Bull Sale. Mm-hmm. Um, he was lot one. We decided to show him while we were down there. Uh, we were second in class, and to our better judgment, we should have won the class, but we were not the judges that day. <laughs> okay, um, we don't. We won't say who won, but right. second's still good, um, yeah. I sold him later that week, bawled my eyes out in the sale ring, um, got to bring him back home because the guy that bought him actually lives in Bloomfield. 
Um, That's such a relief, isn't it, to put him back oh, on the trailer? So nice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm with you. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. I got to keep his Lot 1 National Bull Tag. It hangs on my rear view mirror of my car. Um, would have been, like, May of last year. We decided really late in the year we wanted to pull him out and show him as a two-year-old. So um, the guy that bought him is actually one of my dad's old college students um, who runs about 200 head of cows. So he, my bull does a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and we're really lucky that... Um, Aaron let us have him back for a while. Um, sort of his two-year-old. Yes, we did. At State Fair, um, I won my division. and That's been awesome. Then he got kicked out, back out and was a bull. But that is hands down my favorite. So this is your first thing. calf crop coming, 2022, because he was in the pasture yes, correct. for 2021? Correct. Schroeder's had a fall calf out of him this last fall, and our First or second calf born on our farm this year was a no-limit heifer calf. Okay, what's the name of the bull? So people who want to buy semen, they can. Uh, his full name is Chap Erica S.A. No Limit. Um, my abbreviation, or our, my prefix is Chap Erica. The S.A. stands for Schroeder Angus because Schroeder bought half of him. Yep. Um, and then No Limit, I'll be honest, that's all Drew. Drew came up with that. That's all, so what do you <laughs> call him for? What's his, like, nickname? No limit. No limit. That's what you call him. Yeah, he never really had a barn name. That's so that sweet. Same. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. I love not, it. I mean, not very many people can say that. Yeah. A little small town girl raised that, but that hey, some really small cool. town girl raises everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, not a girl maybe, but some farm raises. You know, you think about that. Like every animal is has that story. Like they were out of a show heifer, and I went to the. You know, we yeah. watched it calve, and we raised it from the beginning. Or well, we hope the story's like yes. that. And you hear other stories, too, where, like, yes. that thing was wild and crazy. We had to round it up, and then we no. broke it. And, you know, he all this. sweetheart. The sweetest heart. And he's still working. That's what's yep. even better. And his prodigy are going to be. And I get pictures from Aaron all the time. It's great. And that is really. I almost raised tears in my eyes, because when you talk about when you bawled your eyes out in the ring, there's, I just think of the times we sold, we, we showed steers. So every yep. year we went through the heartbreak. And, uh, oh, yep. it is horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> All you stock show people, you know. Okay, we may be women. We may be women, but I'm telling you, we're still sensitive. I am. I know that I am. I know. Oh gosh, if you sitting here now as a 21 year old had to go back and talk to your four year old self as that pig shower, what advice would you give yourself? Like, what would you say about that? You know, that's 17 years in there. Like, what would you say about it? Oh, be so much more grateful in the moment and not so hard to work with. Because I was. <laughs> if you ask my brothers or my dad, I was so stubborn. I was so independent. I wanted to do things on my own all the time. Even when they were a three-person job, I wanted to do it by myself. And you and just. You, I wish I would have been so much easier to work with. You would have had more fun earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe you wouldn't. I, I don't know. I'm always saying. And like, just be so. I'm grateful now that I look back, but. Winning a small podunk show, I was just like, yeah, whatever. I wish I would have been so much more grateful for that. Yeah. There's only one winner at every show yes. that comes out. We know that now because we're kind of aged through that, mm-hmm. some of those things. And we've both had some great successes. And and we've had some, I mean, I've been at the bottom as many times as I have been at the Absolutely. top. And so I know, I mean, yes. you know. A and huge thing I kind of live by now is, you know, win graciously and lose humbly. And I think when I was probably about the going through puberty age I was probably not losing assembly as I should have been yeah um, but now that I look back on it it's not that big a deal. yeah you win some and you lose some right I wish I would have 
in that little time frame, I wish I probably would have lost it a little bit more humbly. That's nice. That's a yes. good one. Good reflection. Because yes. now you got the next 17 years to live by that mantra. And, and when, push it on to my brother. <laughs> and push it on to your brother. Or anybody else that you might encounter. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. Tell me this. What species, if you had to try one of the stock, uh, one of the stock species, goats, lambs, well, you've already shown pigs and cattle, so goats and lambs. If you had to try one more, what would you try? I've actually shown a goat before. Did you at help, the county like, fair. did you help in the ring? No, I showed for, I had. You had your own goat? I did, from Randy Borman. Did you, oh, and was I that actually, two years ago? Like two, yeah, I think two. Yeah, it been like my junior Was it year, a weather? So you braced it? Or did you show it a doe? I don't know. I don't know anything about Did you stand off to the side with the chain or did no, you brace it? I braced it. Okay, well, then I didn't you know what weather. I was doing, but I did. Yeah. And then when I was probably like seven, I helped my best friend Blake shows sheep. And yeah. I helped her show, and I didn't know what I was doing, so I'd poke at its feet with my feet because I didn't want to grab its leg. That was weird. Um, Probably so, sheep. They're sheep? becoming huge. Sheep or goats. They're both. They've changed so much. Like, you fit goats' legs, and that's... So, so us because we fit cattle legs. So weird. You know, that's a good tip. I always tell people like, if you want to practice fitting uh, cattle legs, start on the back leg of a goat. I mean, it's just like this little miniature thing and it's real hair. And, you know, you can pull it up, tear it down. Like, yeah. Just try not to clip off too much. But I'm just saying, like, it's a good practice. Yeah. Yeah. Everything has changed so Like, I've only been out of 4 H for like two years now, but no one used to fit their goat's legs at the county fair. Everybody does now. Yeah. Yeah. So probably goats and goats or sheep and sheep. Well, well that's each. all four. I made you choose. You're gonna say goats. Sure. Just gonna go with goats. We'll go with goats. They are. It's so different. I've never had to hold an animal like that. Yeah. And I was so uncomfortable. And I'm <laughs> sure my brothers made a lot of fun of me, but it was a good experience. I'm it glad is we did a good it. experience. I know a lot of people when they get done, like with whatever species they show, and they move on. Sometimes they jump ship because the challenge is there, like to figure it out and yeah. to, to. They have the same drive. They have the same ambition. They have the same work ethic. Now they got this whole other thing, and they just see it as this. I mean, a lot of people, you know, jump from cattle to goats, jump yeah, into pigs. They say if you know if you're really good at showing cattle, you'll be really good at showing pigs because you know how much work it takes, and you know the intention, yes. and you, I mean, you know all those the dedication that it takes to get it all done and the same goes for lambs and for goats i mean those sheep just don't learn and walk and get jumped and you know put on the treadmill and trained and the goats too you know you have to work them the goats are so smart they're so smart yeah so a fun fact yeah we actually used to run like 200 head of ewes and we had a production sale every year you did oh yeah and the only thing i would ever help with was picture day you had commercial well from your dad did like up at the yeah so he, he was a part of kim suffix mm-hmm. so it had nothing to do with the school so bob kim he used to live in desert and now he lives in missouri somewhere mm-hmm. so it was his family art family the rourke family from like the mid prairie area we each kind of had our own flock but it all went into kim suffix and there was a year we ran like 200 how to use good for you it was terrible <laughs> i hate you picture oh, day was God. the only day i helped <laughs> I hate sheep. Well, then you're definitely not going to be showing them in your next phase of life. I mean, if I had one and it was a show lamb, that's maybe different, but no. It was a mess. Because we were calving calving cows on top of it. Yeah. Do you do spring calving and fall or just spring? We used to only do spring. We've dabbled a little bit in the falls. Mm, We have like three or four a year. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I'd like to do it more because it's a little bit more efficient. You don't got to lock them up. The weather's yeah, nice. It but is. my dad's not, it's not fully s- transitioned into that yet. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? It's kind of like, yeah, you have to really commit to a little bit of that, a little yeah. bit of this. And then the to breed, find the right gotta, market for them, you know, yes. to find the market for those fallborns. Yes. I mean, if they're, if they're half, I mean, bulls are better. I mean, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just got to find the right place for them. Yeah. 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 Okay, and I know we don't like to talk about accolades, and we don't like to talk about trophies, but tell me the one, the one banner that you're super proud of. I know this is going to be this bull. It's got to be the bull, <laughs> right? Junior Nationals. Yeah. Is there one other one that you're, like, super proud of that you're like, yeah, I can't believe I got that one? Um, it's still the bull. It's not a banner. Yeah. Actually, it's a, like, glass trophy, and it sits in our living room yeah. on our little table in between our two couches i'm trying to think of a banner and i just no i mean just an accolade that you won that you really really like i mean like that actual show like the title of the show any one particular thing stand out um i don't know the banner so my older brother and i used to always show pigs at the summer type conference in springfield illinois Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like a junior national deal for the cattle people except it was pigs and it was all breeds but they always had a theme so like one year the theme was like harley davidson but it had something to do with pigs, so it wasn't Harley Davidson, but that was the theme. So the banners were like orange with black. Where one year it was like bacon in the sun, <laughs> so it was like all I like beachy it. Bacon in so the sun. we have a couple banners that are like fun. Yeah, you know what we actually won. I don't even remember, but the banners themselves are cool and they match a theme. <laughs> or even the county fair yeah. handful of years ago, they always used to do for the top five. I know they did it for cattle. I don't know if they did it for other species. They did like the cowhide. Yeah, um, they did picture those, frames. Yeah. I love those. Yeah, I know. I, I'm always I'm always a big picture girl. Like, yeah, take a picture of the slap, or take a picture of the handshake, mm-hmm. or take a picture of my kid in the ring, and give that to me as an accolade yes. or as a framed moment, and that will bring back yes. the memory every time. Another huge, huge thing. It is so cool. Um, I was my bull again was the open showbowl of the year for the angus association and one of their optional awards you got to pick was bonnie duckett would hand draw a picture that you chose and so my mom took a picture on her samsung phone so it was like below average quality (laughs) at junior nationals right before my bull and i went into the ring and that's i don't know it was just right you can't see the you can't really see how good the bull looks because it's a front shot and my face is like, you don't see my face, but it's a hand-drawn, it's blown up, it's in a frame. That's one of the coolest things I have. We we were lucky enough to have Angus Steer of the Year. Yes. And she did a drawing of James and his favorite steer, Jake. And we had it, and it got ruined in the derecho, oh. the glass framing and everything. And so I found the picture, and it is water-stained, and it is like... Uh, but I've saved it and I'm uh, getting it reframed because yeah. I am absolutely with you. It is one of the most it's so cool. precious little, and they put a little plaque on it yep. too that talks about it. And so, yeah. So, hey, Bonnie Duckett, we love it. Right? <laughs> Don't ever oh, she lose. is so talented. Yeah. So talented. So cool. And it's just, just, just that extra touch that she puts on it. It's just Yeah, because you can't go win a show and get that the day of. No. So mm. there's, there's few people that have that, but that, it is so cool. I know. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up with a couple last little last little things. I always like to just make us seem real human, okay? So here's your favorite thing. Who's your celebrity crush? Scott Eastwood. 
Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> like, no question. Oh, I like it. <laughs> what kind of music do you play in the barn? Oh, it just depends on the day. Some days it's like a 90s country and Kale hates it because he doesn't know any of the singers or know any of the songs. And sometimes it is music my mom cannot stand that we listen to. <laughs> and she A few it. little bleepy bleeps and a yes. little hard rock. Yeah. All right. That's, an, uh, that's good. Are you a, uh, tell me your summer attire for going to the barn. What do you wear? Shorts, boots, or are you a flip-flop and Um, I would have been a flip-flop person until Doug Schroeder came around to my life. And until (laughs) I broke my foot. I was taking the sweat collar off one of my heifers one year, and she jumped. Ouch. And she broke my foot. Right before a weekend, I had to show pigs, so that was fun. Um, Oh, ouch. So now probably like the waterproof tennis shoes. Those are a huge thing. They're a lifesaver because I hate wet socks. Um, so the waterproof tennis shoes. I'm going to have to look for these waterproof tennis shoes. Oh, they're huge. They're okay. like the Vezies. Those were huge for a while, but now like this OnCloud brand. They okay. have a brand, They have some like Sorrell's. Have, you just look up waterproof tennis shoes. I'm sure everybody has them by now. I'm going to look them up. No, it just depends on the weather. If it's chilly, like some baggy sweatpants and probably a sweatshirt that's my dad's. Probably something I don't want people seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, last question. I'm 51 years old, so when you're 51, that's in 30 years. I know that seems like a long time, but, God, I'll be 81 then. <laughs> that's weird. I'm not going to think about that. I'll stay the same no. age. You can be 51. What do you want to look back and say, that was my legacy? What do you want your legacy to look like in the next 30 I years? I haven't started it yet. Right. Uh, I want, maybe we'll go a little bit more than 30 years, because I don't know, like, yeah. a time frame, but... When, if I have kids, when my kids are done showing, or if I don't have kids, I want to give kids in whatever community that I'm in the opportunity to show livestock, to give them the opportunity they wouldn't rather have, to give their families an opportunity to see how much work goes into this Mm -hmm. industry, and an opportunity for the community to realize that the misconceptions of this industry are extremely wrong. Yeah. But I want to not really start my own platform, I don't think, yeah. right now. Just give the kids in whatever community I end up in an opportunity to do it because there's small opportunities here, but it's not. And I'd have to work with other producers and breeders, obviously, because I don't plan to have all species. But yeah. whatever species I do have, I want to give kids the opportunity to do it. Because mm-hmm. I don't really think there's a platform or a ton of breeders or producers that there are some, but I don't think there's a ton. Yeah. So I want to do that. You want to do that? Yes. That's awesome. Erica, it has been such a joy to talk to you. I can't believe, like, <laughs> we've been talking for, like, 45 minutes already. I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. It was awesome. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being one of the ladies in the lead. You've always been in the lead. Now, it just to see it even come full circle, that you would give back to those just like you're doing. I mean, you're still, I mean, you're still a presence and a force in the ring and I can't wait to see what you do this year and see what you do in the next few years thank you for being here yes, thank you so I cannot much wait for, for the world me. to meet you <laughs> and see you hopefully you can join us again for the next episode which who knows will be the next great lady but I know that you'll really enjoy it as much as I do meet Erica thanks <laughs>